Welcome to the ICE South Branch podcast with me, your host, Nathaniel Pickett. In this podcast, I'll be interviewing a range of guests about the latest projects, ideas and methods in civil engineering. To find out more about the latest events in the branch or this podcast, follow us on Twitter at ICE underscore South Branch or search ICE South Branch on LinkedIn. You are listening to episode 10 of the South Branch podcast. This episode I discuss with my guest, Coastal Engineering, looking at previous projects and what the future has in store for the Port of Portsmouth. This month I'm joined by a sea-seasoned civil engineer who, after cutting her teeth on highways, has spent the last four years working in the maritime environment delivering civil engineering projects in Portsmouth. On top of her day job, she also sits on the South Branch Graduate Students and Apprentices Committee as well as being a mentor for the Employer Mentoring Programme run by the University of Portsmouth. Welcome to the podcast, Anissa Kochi. Hello. Hello, Nathaniel. Thank you very much for having me on on this pod. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. A question we always like to ask our guests is, at what age maybe or what period of your life did you decide actually civil engineering is, is the one for you? So I did start the civil engineering uh, kind of uh, STEM uh, involvement since when I was in a very early age. So in my family is kind of always run this uh, civil engineering backgrounds. And uh, so I had like good examples of my family and it's kind of I always wanted to be involved with the STEM subjects. So everything kind of flowed from there. Uh, I was... Uh, always focused on these uh, maths and, and physics subjects when I was at, at high school. Uh, and then this kind of follow up with the university when I took a degree for civil engineering. Fantastic. And did you have any real influences in your life or is it just sort of the, the interest in the subjects whilst you were studying them? Yeah, one of my aunties, she was like a civil engineer and the job profile she had, usually she had to kind of travel the world. Uh, and so I was kind of having a very big impact. I was kind of having her as my role model and saying that, you know, I, I was very much involved and out uh, enjoying kind of these STEM subjects. And I wanted to travel the world as well. <laughs> so it didn't actually happen. But, uh, you know, the, the civil engineering is obviously a, a great profile to be involved with. Well, you did end up in Portsmouth, so maybe it's not all a loss. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so... Now, I believe that you have your professional review coming up. Now, is it this year or has it been postponed due to COVID? Uh, so it has been postponed uh, during the, the pandemic in 2020. So I'm, I'm looking to have my review towards 2022, end of 2022. So it's still like work in progress and I still have a lot of work to do. But uh, obviously, alongside my, my day job, I'm working towards my chartership as well. Yeah, and and maybe a bit of insight for those just setting out on their chartership journey since graduating. How have you found the process so far? So the process, we have had quite a good help from the civil engineering departments. It's just you making your own time to actually write, uh, you know, what you are doing during your day job. So it's like having your own time to undertake the courses that are a necessity for the CPDs and obviously write all your attributes. Uh, So this kind of is something that you need to do on your own time, which makes the the, the process a little bit complicated and difficult. Uh, But, you know, if you have the will, obviously it's, it's something that is doable. 
Yeah, and I think some great news as well for our listeners and yourself and for myself that listening to a podcast or being involved in a podcast actually counts as CPD. So, you know, that's another another hour, half hour uh, ticked off uh, on your record, which is always a bonus. Yeah, yeah, especially it's good for the communication attributes. Um, You you talked about earlier a little bit about how your STEM involvement when you were younger got you into civil engineering. And actually taking that a step further now, you're involved in the employer mentoring program uh, uh, in association with the University of Portsmouth. Can you explain a little bit more about what that program is and does? Yeah, so the mentoring program is, is a great program and mainly is focused on the on the students of the second year of civil engineering uh, degree. So this is based for us who have actually undertaken the, the degree mainly at the University of Portsmouth. Uh, we have now, uh, you know, a, a place in this industry, mainly the construction industry or the civil engineering industry. So we can mentor youngsters and students uh, towards the industry so they can have a flavor how we work work, how we progress. We're usually, uh, or at least me with my three uh, mentees that I've had. Uh, so you yeah, support them with, yeah, support them with their, um, the job interviews, uh, update their CVs, uh, support them with uh, hints for, uh, you know, how to apply for the job or actual applications, uh, undertake referencing for them. And these kind of things that have supported them to undertake an apprentice job or even a graduate job. And I think that two out of my three mentees that I had last year, they've been successful. And it was a great joy, basically, for me to see them, uh, you know, enter in the industry and be successful on their job applications. And then, obviously, I have supported them with their uh, dissertation as well. If I had, uh, you know, any need or any impact that uh, I could support them with materials or with information or uh, kind of advise them with regulations of, uh, of different uh, aspects of the civil engineering, uh, then yeah, I was supporting them. But it is a great scheme, I think, and the students have been very much involved. And obviously, on my cases, they've always been contacting me and uh, approaching all my guidances. Yeah, it's, it sounds like a really great scheme, actually. And I know the University of Portsmouth have, I think it's called the SPEC uh, department, which is the Student Employability uh, Centre, which is great. But actually, having that inside track of industry uh, is is a great thing to have and and really quite useful especially when it comes to dissertations I think if I had a little bit more if I had someone I could tap up who was in industry it would have definitely helped me so uh, that's a great great thing to be part of now talking about industry and let's talk about some of the projects you've worked on so currently you're working for the port of Portsmouth yes that's correct currently I'm the senior project manager for the Portsmouth International Port Fantastic. Can you tell me a little bit more at the start of your career? You worked on birth two and actually doing a leveling and extension to that birth. Can you tell me a little bit more about that project? Yeah, so the birth to level and extension was one of the uh, main projects that how, how I started the job here at the port. And it allows, with the extension of the birth, it allows the port to have and accommodate uh, a bigger ships at, at the port. Um, so, yeah, the, the construction of the birth to leveling was undertaken during the winter, which it was like a very complicated construction. We had to level and remove around uh, two and a half meter from the current birth and then extend it further up with around 21. Uh, piles uh, and then add another dolphin in addition 
so the cost of the project went to around six million pounds. It was a substantial amount of, of work. And as I said, being undertaken towards winter had like its own challenges. So you talked about winter being one of the biggest issues in delivering the scheme. What aspect was it? Was it just the weather and trying to get the tides right for doing the piling uh, and so on and so forth? Yeah, so uh, on the site, uh, there are a few pictures published, but we had um, uh, a big crane, which obviously the wind and we had two storms during the winter was impacting the crane possibility to work because all the big pieces were removed from this two and a half meter of, of leveling that we needed to undertake were done through the crane so they couldn't operate during the during the strong wind. And then obviously it's a tide so to undertake the piling, to undertake all the construction, everything, you need to have the right tide. Uh, so everything is kind of related. Um, and then because it's exposed, it's is on an open sea so you don't really have any kind of measurements that you can undertake so it, it, it has to be within the wind limits that you can work uh, so, so yeah quite a tricky one to program there especially as a project manager I'm sure you had uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of moments going why you know why can't the weather just turn uh, and be and be nice yeah, for one once? or two challenges uh, or the weather's <laughs> nice and the tides are wrong you know, uh, yeah. and then continue on birth too. You did a little bit more work down the line uh, in terms of actually doing some dredging and then a concrete mat- uh, mattress replacement. Yeah, so the, actually the concrete mattresses and the dredging was undertaken before the before we we took we did the birth leveling. Okay. Uh, so yeah. We had to kind of uh, remove the mattresses that were alongside uh, the, the, the birth expansion. Uh, and then we had to replace one part of it. So the replacement of the concrete mattresses is quite, uh, sometimes a straightforward procedure, but uh, if it can go wrong, you have to be very careful. So once the mattresses are in place, you have to be very careful where you place them and how the concrete is poured. So obviously this one has had its own challenges. And again, it was done during the winter. Uh, so you know some of the weather issues again were present at this project as well. Uh, I'm I'm a civil engineer who's made, who, who's worked entirely on land. Could you explain to me what what is a concrete mattress and what does it what's its purpose? So the the main purpose of the concrete mattress is they are installed at the seabed level. So you place a sheet at the seabed and then you fill it with concrete and it creates a, a layer of concrete. So when the ships are coming, it doesn't have the erosion. Uh, from the movements so it protects the seabed level from erosion oh amazing yeah very very interesting and probably a very important thing uh where you can where you've got the mud flats uh and a lot of silt uh within the portsmouth uh harbour area haven't you yes So, so it can be tricky now going on from those projects you're now working on the ports master plan is that correct Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I'm on, I'm the project manager for the port master plan. So, what is the port's master plan? So, the port master plan, as we can see from from the name, is a master plan that we are proposing for the port developments for the next twenty plus years. So this is very important for, for the port and for the city as well, because once this master plan is fully development, this is going to be an input to the local plan strategy for the next 20 years. 
for for Portsmouth City Council for the Portsmouth uh, in general. So basically, this is what we are planning towards a lot of studying and what would be beneficial uh, for the port and for Portsmouth uh, regarding like more infrastructure, regarding uh, new ships, regarding new cruises, new ferries. You know, these kind of elements of how we can uh, progress and how we can move forward uh, the the uh, Portsmouth International Port. Question on to that is has COVID had an effect upon actually the outcomes from for your plan or have they not been affected by the sort of the short term effects of COVID? So obviously the master plan has been affected in a way by COVID because uh, has been taken in consideration, obviously the delays from COVID and what measures measures we need to uh, put in place in the future so we can actually uh, be have the have the right measurements in place if this happens again. And obviously everything has changed now. So all these changes and the new normal needs to be taken in consideration when we undertake an infrastructure, when we're talking about uh, terminal uh, arrangements. So all all these elements obviously are are in alignment with that, that's really interesting actually yeah that's really interesting actually an important role of civil engineers is, especially when we're doing planning and project management yeah. yeah is considering the future that the there will be another pandemic down the road uh, a lot of scientists uh, are saying this yeah. and i think it is inevitable uh, and so it's a consideration that maybe not everyone's aware we need to be aware of yeah exactly yeah so everything is because obviously this master plan is for the next uh 20 years up to 20 years so obviously it's very important that we keep in mind uh, all the lessons learned basically from the previous years yeah now another thing that's happened recently uh brexit and i'm sure that's had uh an impact upon the ports master plan if not a stimulus to the ports master plan uh, and you're working on the port's infrastructure development. How will this affect uh, the Portsmouth port? Yeah, so obviously Brexit has had a big impact for, for the port and for, for, for England in, in, in general. So how this has affected the port is uh, obviously we with the new regulation from the government, we had to uh, construct a new infrastructure, which we're calling border control post. Uh, so the port had to undertake a major construction uh, undertaking a facility with 14 bays and it's around 4,200 meters square of facility to undertake all this checking for the products of animal origin and plants as well. So all these produ- these products previously were undertaken under an agreement, so we didn't have to undertake all this checking. But now as a result of Brexit, we are undertaking this these external, uh, these extra check-ins. So it's very important that we have this facility in place by the 1st of January, 2022. So it's a massive construction. So obviously 14 lowering bays and this 4,200 meters square of infrastructure needs to be uh, undertaken like uh, procurement rules, design and everything within uh, one year. So obviously it's got its own challenges, and uh, but but we are progressing. We have a full design now, and we are on site now, and we are we are progressing with the, with the project. So um, everything is is looking good at the moment. Uh, what are the biggest challenges in delivering this project in such a tight time frame? 
So obviously is from the beginning, obviously is uh, undertaking all the procurement rules and having a contractor in place first. Uh, and prior this is obviously we had to have the funding in place from the government. So it's like a long bidding process that we had to undertake in a short amount of time. And then obviously is undertake the full design uh, with, the, with the record timescale uh, and then working very closely alongside the contractor to deliver. We have had because the ground that we are building this, um, this facility didn't have any GI previously, so we had, you know, high level of contamination and all these other kind of elements of the ground, which obviously are not foreseen previously. So everything is, is a delay of the project. So a few little curveballs in there. Uh, and I think that links quite uh, quite nicely back into our previous podcast as well, where we talked about geotechnics and not just the makeup of the ground, but actually the condition of the ground uh, and the costs uh, and time effects that will have on a project. Have you are you using uh, 3D modeling alongside other programs to to deliver a BIM project? Uh, so yeah, that's correct. Obviously, BIM is part of this project. Um, so yeah, the contractor and the designers are working for us to have a BIM modeling as well as part of the project. And how how have you found that uh, as a project manager? Have you found it a hindrance or a help? Uh, I think that you know it might be a bit difficult at the beginning, but then it's much more useful da- further down the line. Uh, and what what aspects do you find useful within your role? Yeah, so uh, as I said, you know, has got its own kind of challenges at the beginning of the project, trying to gather all the data, but then further down the line for asset management um, to actually maintenance of the building is going to be very beneficial. Obviously, we are still building the model, uh, but, uh, you know, for... Uh, you know, from my experience, further down the line, this is very useful for any repairing, any maintenance, asset management. Um, you know, it, it's a very important stage, I think. Yeah, and and the and the use of technology within civil engineering, obviously, it's coming across in leaps and bounds. Uh, and as you have done quite a few projects now in the Port of Portsmouth, have you found that actually people have got used to using it, and it's improved efficiency and reduced risk within the project? Yes, definitely. So all the technology, even for like, you know, things that we don't see or like uh, testing that are undertaken by the, the laboratories or every GI, every, uh, you know, new machines that are on our on site. So everything is kind of a support and a health to progress with the project and support, especially for the time frame. So technology helps directly with the time frame of the project and the delivery of the project. Been an absolute pleasure. Uh uh, and thank you so much for agreeing to come on. Uh, and do please spread the good news of the podcast. Yes. Uh, we've talked about some really interesting things today. And I, I for one, I've learned something about concrete mat- mattresses and their importance and how they get used in a port. But also looking forward to actually how COVID has already started affecting design uh, of what we build uh, when we're in those uh, planning stages, as well as Brexit having maybe a more obvious impact uh, overall so thank you so much for coming to the podcast and yeah have a lovely day thank you for listening to the ICE south branch podcast with me your host nathaniel pickett if you've enjoyed the podcast don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends families and colleagues you can also find out about the latest branch events and news by following us on twitter at ICE underscore south branch or search ICE South Branch on LinkedIn.